As soon as Peter and John were let go, they went to their friends and told them what the high priests and religious leaders had said. Hearing the report, they lifted their voices in a wonderful harmony in prayer. Strong God, you made heaven and earth and sea and everything in them. By the Holy Spirit, you spoke through the mouth of your servant and our father, David. Why the big noise nations? Why the mean plots, peoples? Earth's leaders push for position, potentates meet for summit talks, the God deniers, the Messiah defiers. For in fact, they did meet. Herod and Pontius Pilate with nations and peoples, even Israel itself, met in this very city to plot against your holy son, Jesus, the one you made Messiah, to carry out the plans you long ago set in motion. And now they're at it again. Take care of their threats and give your servants fearless confidence in pre preaching your message as you stretch out your hand to us in healings and miracles and wonders done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And while they were praying, the place where they were meeting trembled and shook. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak God's word with fearless confidence. Just join me in praying that same thing would happen here in this place this morning. Just want you to sing Spirit Break Out, sing it. Spirit Break Out. Sunday, right? Pentecost Sunday, where we celebrate the birthday of the church. Amen. Can we give a happy birthday praise to the church of Jesus Christ? And we celebrate when the disciples were gathered together in one place and they were praying, and the place shook and it was filled with the sound of a mighty rushing wind, and tongues of fire came down from heaven and landed on the apostles, landed on the disciples, and they began to speak in other languages, other tongues, and a crowd gathered, and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, stood up, and he proclaimed repentance, turning back to God, forgiveness of sins. And then Jesus Christ, the one that they had seen, the one they had walked with, the one that many of them had eaten with, the one that they had heard teach, the one that they saw was crucified, was now alive and well because he was resurrected. Amen. Amen. Does anybody believe that this morning? Come on, does anybody believe a little more than that? <laughs> you believe it? You kind of believe it? Does anybody believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? Because I'll need a couple people to believe it. Because in the presence of everyone, we proclaim something that not everyone's going to understand. Not everyone's going to believe. But those who believe need to say so. Those who believe it and know it need to say so. Because that praise is powerful. That praise is powerful. And the thing was, after Pentecost, that wasn't the end of that kind of power of the Holy Spirit. For you understand that it just began something. It just was the starting of something, right? 
I mean, we'd walk into a service like that, amen, it'd be like thousands of people and preaching, and the Holy Spirit's falling, and we'd be like, woo, that was great, right? And then if you're like me, you'd go home and sleep for a couple days, you know, right? And be like, woo, that was good. Start watching some Netflix, start going back to real life, right? And sometimes we think that was it. But it was really just to begin. It began to affect everything about their lives, everything about the way that they lived. The very first act of the book of Acts was this. Peter and John went to a man who was lame, who had been lame from the time he was born. And as they were walking by, he cried out. He said, you know, he's collecting money. You know, and, he, and Peter comes up to him and says, friend, I don't have any money to give you. He said, but look at me. Here's what I can give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And that man, the power of God came to that man right in that moment. And his response was to get up and to begin praising God and jumping up and down. And once again, a crowd gathered. Once again, people came to see what this power of God was. And once again, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit. And once again, Peter began to speak. And once again, he spoke of repentance and turning to God and forgiveness of sins and times of refreshing from the Lord. And that Jesus Christ, who they knew had lived in the little town of Nazareth, was indeed risen from the dead. And this time as Peter's preaching, there's some other people that start to come over into the crowd. And they're called the so-called leaders, the authorities, the ones who were in charge. They come over and they're not quite so happy about what is going on. Have you ever gotten in trouble <laughs> for doing something that you know was right? But they came over. They were called the chief priests. They were the priests, the teachers of the law, the lawyers, even the captain of the temple guard. The police showed up. So at this gathering, all of the authorities are coming and they want to know what's going on and they're disturbed. And why do you think that they're disturbed? The Bible's very interesting in, in delineating that the one reason they were disturbed is because they were preaching that Jesus had risen from the dead. And it's one thing to say it, but it's another thing to say it and then back it up by a man who was lame from the time he was born. Forty years this man could not walk. And by the power of Jesus Christ, he got up and he walked. And the police and the lawyers and the priests and the pastors and the reverends and the doctors and the elders and the know it -alls were not happy about it. They were disturbed by what was going on. They were unsettled by it because a power greater than them had showed up. Amen. Let me say a word this morning because I believe that that same power is for each and every one of you this morning. But I want to give you a warning first. Not everybody's going to be happy when you get healed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some people are going to be disturbed by your deliverance. People get riled up when people are resurrected from the dead because so many people would rather you stay where you are. If you stay in your grave, if you stay in your addiction, if you stay in your prison of whatever it is, then I know how to deal with you. But once you get delivered, once you get healed, once you get set free, I don't know what to do with you anymore. And you are going to bother people when you are delivered. It's the pattern throughout scripture. And even standing before you as a pastor, I have to ask myself, when was the last time that I proclaimed the word of God so boldly that it made those in authority upset? That it made them disturbed. That it disrupted the power structures of this world. You see, because nobody wants to lose their power. They have everything invested in it. 
But Jesus came, and, and then the powers of this world are against us. And that's what I'm talking about, you know. Uh, there's two different kinds of ways of suffering, right? If I could just be real and break it down for a minute, okay? Sometimes you're persecuted and people come against you because you're a jerk. Nah, I just said it, okay? Sometimes I am an idiot and that's why people are persecuting me. And I don't need to claim that, oh, I'm being persecuted. It's like, no, I was just dumb. I was dumb. I did something dumb, all right? I deserved what I got, you know, in a sense. Maybe not fully, but you know what I mean. But then there's a way in which we can be persecuted for doing what is right. The Bible says, listen, friends, we're all going to suffer. So if you're going to suffer, why don't you suffer for doing good rather than for doing something evil? Why don't you get on the right side of what's going on? Because there's going to be opposition. There's, there's going to be those who are not pleased, those who are not happy about you getting healed and delivered. Those of you who've received the power of the Holy Spirit know this, right? Because how many of you had people in your family that were not happy when you were saved? They were not happy that you started talking about things, right? We know that that works. But if you were to go into your workplace and begin to live out the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not everybody's going to be happy about it, right? You need to know that before we go on, that the powers of the authorities of this world, the accuser, that's what Satan means, the accuser, the enemy of God's people is not going to be happy. Not going to be happy. The devil doesn't care about your complacency. He doesn't, but the minute you try to start living in God's purposes, then you're going to feel some of the opposition, right? But if your goal is just comfort, then just be complacent. Then just don't say anything. Then just don't do anything. Don't live in the power of the Holy Spirit and keep the devil happy because he doesn't have to worry about you. But once the devil has to worry about you, then you know that the power of God is coming upon you. That you're beginning to walk in the purposes that God has for your life. So what happened to Peter and John? Well, they took him in. They took him in. For speaking the truth, they took him in and they put him in jail. They locked him up overnight. And the next morning, they called them before them. They, they called them before the leaders, the authorities, and they said, listen, we, we need to speak with you. What's going on here? And Peter, once again, filled with the Holy Spirit, once again, began to proclaim once again the same message of repentance, of salvation, of life and deliverance through Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead. And the authorities know that this cannot happen because if people start following them, then I'm going to lose my authority, right? And friends, can I say the reason that some of you are here this morning and the reason that I believe that many more are not even in a church this morning is because that there are churches that are afraid that when people start following Jesus, they're going to stop following them. And that needs to happen. We need to be a people that are following Jesus. Not following a particular brand of religion or institution. Now, God can redeem that religion and institution. God can fill it. God can transform even us together. Because the church is us and we're praying for that. But those authorities, they were disturbed. They were bothered. They did not want that. They said, listen, listen, we see the name that you're preaching in the name of Jesus Christ. And we see the power of Jesus Christ because we see this man raised from the dead and they even said to themselves we can't say anything about this because everyone saw it. Everyone knows that this is real. What are we going to do? So they bring Peter and John back in and they say listen here's what we want you to do. Well actually they said here's what you're not going to do. Here's what you're not going to do is speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And Peter and John said you got to judge for yourselves. Is it better for us? Is it right for us to obey you or to obey God? Because they knew that there was a higher authority. And they let them go. And what did Peter and John do when they were released? They went back 
to the brothers, to the sisters. They went back to their community and they prayed together. As Jennifer just read from the scripture, they gathered together, they prayed, they refocused their mind and their hearts on the truth about God and Jesus Christ. And once again, the spirit fell. Once again, the place was shook. Once again, they began to speak boldly the word of God. They said, give us courage to speak the word of God. Stretch out your hand to perform healings and signs and wonders. And then if you continue to read on, it affected the way that they live. They began to eat together, to share together, to make sure that no one was in need because it affected the very way that they live. Pentecost was continuing to happen again and again and again. So one of the things I want to say to you this morning, friends, is that Pentecost is not just something that happened once, but it's something that continues to happen. And I believe that you will begin to experience the power of God when you realize that the power of the stories of the Bible lie not solely in the fact that they happened, but that they continue to happen. It's not just that an event happened in history. That has value and that can maybe move me to a step of faith. But the real power, the sustaining power, the ongoing power is that it continues to happen. Every Sunday can be a Pentecost Sunday because they gathered together and they prayed and the power was released. That doesn't mean that you can't pray on your own because you should pray on your own. And the more you pray on your own, then when you come here, the more power you're bringing when we come together. Amen. But there's something about coming together that's important. There's something about being together and praying together that's important. I heard... Um, Pastor Monts from the Citadel of Love say recently, and I heard these words is from the Lord. He said that the, the prevailing presence of God is going to be experienced in prayer. That when we come together in prayer, we are going to be able to experience the presence of God that is ongoing. Ongoing. And I invite you to continue on that journey with us. I feel impressed that we need to pray more. So we had the event last Sunday night. We're going to continue to do things different days, different ways, but we need to come together and pray, okay? I, I've even got a group of some of you in here, we just do text message prayers, right? We just do with them, we're praying together because that's the world we live in, right? We gotta come together some way, somehow, and pray to experience the power of God in our midst. And oh, how we need that power, amen? Amen? But what do we want the power for? That's an important question that I want to address this morning for a few minutes. What do we want the power for? And in order to get the power, we need to have our mind and our hearts in the right place, right? Because God is going to prepare us to receive the power that he has planned for us, right? Ooh, God will prepare us to receive the power that he has planned for us, right? So how do we prepare? Well, we prepare the same way the disciples did. In their prayers, they refocused their minds on the truth of God. First of all, they say, God... You have made the heavens and the earth and everything in it. Just think about that for a moment. Think about the power that God has. We need to remember who has the real power in this world, right? We need to remember where true power comes from. Because people are trying to get power in different ways. They're trying to use the power that they have. But listen, our power is so limited, amen, compared to a God who can create the mountains, can create the oceans, can create the stars in the heaven. I mean, just close your eyes for a minute. Seriously, close your eyes for a minute. Think about your favorite thing in nature. Think about the ocean. Think about the mountains. Think about the forest. Think about polar bears. That's just me. Think about something, you know, that's just amazing in creation. 
And think about that. God made that. Think about how big the world is. When you stand at the ocean, what fraction of the ocean do you see? When you gaze into the skies and see the stars, what fraction of the universe are you beholding? When you look at the mountain ranges, what fraction of the mountains that God has created are you even beholding? Amen? Amen. You can open your eyes. That's what they did. They set their minds in the right place. They realigned their focus on the power of God, which was greater than any power that exists on earth or any power below. Then the second thing they did is they said, God, you are the one who is Lord over everything. Why do the nations rage? Why do the kings plot against you? God, it is you who are in charge. All these people did, they did something, all right, God, but you had control over it, God. You were the one that's in charge. And so the second thing we need to remember is, is that God is over all. He is Lord over everything. So he has the power and he has the authority. You see how this is setting up? If they wanted to operate in the power and the authority of Jesus Christ, they first of all needed to recognize and acknowledge the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. You know, we want it for ourselves because we're so selfish sometimes, but we need to align ourselves in the proper position to say that God has the power. He's given Jesus Christ the authority, and that authority is over every other authority on the face of this earth. Amen? Come on, that's got to be good news for somebody this morning, right? It doesn't matter who the king is or who the queen is or who the prime minister is or who the president is. The Lord is Lord over all. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Then let's start living like it. Let's start acting like it. Yes, we need to speak the truth. It's not like Peter and John just sat back quietly. They spoke the truth to the authorities. They said, listen, you're the ones that, you're the ones that killed Jesus. You're the ones that put him in the ground. God's the one that brought it back up. <laughs> yes, you've done something wrong, and we're calling you out on it, and we're speaking about it. But they were grounded in the fact that God was Lord even over that situation. They said, you're just doing, God just decided all of this. God's in control. God's sovereign. He does this. And you know what? You think you're doing something, but God's even over you. Amen? How many that's a good word for? How many got somebody over you that thinks they know what they're doing, but God is over them? And, and you, know, you just need to recognize that in your heart and your mind. Say, God is over them. And I just need to put myself in that place of prayer where I recognize that God is sovereign. Now, let me pause for just a minute. Just give you uh, another side note. Not really a side note, but it comes right next to it. Sometimes we think, when we hear that God is in control of everything, well, then all of this bad stuff that happens, right? Does that mean God did it? You know, does that mean that God, I mean, I got these struggles, right? Things that happened to me, you know? I mean, some of us have really felt the being underneath, right? The fist of someone in power over us in some way, shape, or form. Or we've experienced something tragic or something evil. Does that mean that God did it? When God was in control, he knew what was going to happen. What does it mean? Here's the best way I know to explain it so you can understand it. God, whatever happened to you or that you see that's evil, that's wrong, God doesn't will it, but he doesn't waste it. God doesn't will it, but he doesn't waste it. Meaning he didn't cause that thing to come upon you, but he's not going to waste it. He's going to use it. He's going to transform it. He's going to turn it around. What they meant for evil, God can intend for good. Because God works all things together for good to those that love him and trust him and are called according to his purpose. you got to understand that God didn't intend for it to happen. God didn't make it happen. But once it happened, God says, wait a minute, watch this. Watch what I can do. 
Watch what I can do. Amen. Watch what I can do. I can turn this thing around. This thing that you think is hopeless, you can turn it around. Right? Right? You killed me. You put me in the ground. He's like, watch this. Watch this. Excuse me. Hold my, I guess with Jesus would be a glass of wine. Hold my wine. I'm getting up out of the grave. Right? I'm getting up right now. And I'm going to show you that I have power and that I have authority on this earth. And then they said, okay, because you have the power and you have the authority. This is what we're going to pray for. That you would just fill us with your Holy Spirit. And, and listen carefully to their prayer. They asked that God would heal and do signs and wonders, right? And I think a lot of us, we, we want that. Some of us do. We want the signs and the wonders, right? Because we, we want to get excited. We want the Holy Spirit goosebumps, you know, with the signs and the wonders. But look carefully at their prayer. And this is what I want to focus on this morning as we come to a time where I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to come and fill you and anoint you, every single one of you that desires it this morning in a Pentecostal, powerful type of way. Listen to what they said. We want to proclaim your word boldly. So what they needed was courage. You see, there's a reason for your healing. The reason for your healing is so that you can tell others about the power, the authority, the love, and the salvation of God through Jesus Christ. God wants us to proclaim the world boldly. And friends, I feel like that's what we need in this moment, in this time. We need people who are going to speak the word of God boldly. We need people who are going to be released from their fear. They're going to say, you know what? God has done something in my life, but he's done something so that I can say something. Amen. Can I give you that this morning? If God's done something, then say something. If you see God doing something, then say something. You know, it's been on the billboards for a while. You didn't know it was talking about God. If you see something, say something. God is like, if you see me, then say something. If I've done something for you, then say something. Open up your mouth and speak. Open up your mouth and proclaim because when you do, you are dismantling the authorities and the powers of this world and you are establishing the power and the authority of Jesus Christ. They said, Lord, give us courage to speak your word boldly. And they did. And they did. And here's the problem. We again, we try everything in our own power, don't we? Someone in here, I don't know who it is, but they'll tell me after someone said, but pastor, I've done that. I mustered up my courage. I went and I said what I wanted to say, and it didn't go the way I wanted it to go. Do you hear the unholy trinity of me in that? <laughs> I got up my courage. I said what I wanted to say, and it didn't go the way I wanted it to. That's the unholy trinity of me. Me, me, me. Whereas rather God is saying, I will give you courage to speak my message so that my will can be done. Oh, that's the power of the spirit you want to walk in. Where you say, God, give me the boldness to speak what you want to say. Because when you speak what you want to say, then your will is going to be done. Then, then your kingdom will come to earth. Then it won't be like as heaven as it is on earth. When we begin walking in that bold proclamation and the power of Pentecost is so that you can proclaim wherever God calls you to. The word of the Lord that God gives you to say. Come on, some people today, your repentance is deciding that you're not going to be quiet any longer. Yes, but that you're going to speak the truth, the word of God. You're going to speak life. Some of you understand that maybe your struggles, you've been speaking death to people. You've just been complaining or you've been putting people down or you've been criticizing people. or You've been gossiping about people or you've been slandering people. And God says, no more, please. No more. I will give you words of life and love, and healing, and restoration, and deliverance that you can speak over people's lives, and your words spoken with the power of God are powerful, friends, powerful, friends, they're so powerful, oh my gosh, 
I feel like we're some kind of Christian Navy SEAL team here this morning. I'm telling you, I feel it, right? Even you guys in the back there, I feel I feel like I'm just preparing you to go out like this strike force into the world this week, all right? And Satan's not going to see it coming, right? And somebody in your family is not going to see it coming. And somebody you work with is not going to see it coming. But you're going to actually say and do something this week in love that's going to be more powerful than anything you've ever seen. I believe that's going to happen this week. I believe that's going to happen this week. So let me speak a word about courage, okay? Courage, because I know that fear is a big thing for a lot of us, right? And it's not just fear of sharing, but it's, it, it's fear. There's a lot of fear that grips our heart, right? And fear is definitely a tool that can keep us, you know, from doing what God wants us to do. It can become, not in and of itself, you know, everything is healthy and it's right dose, but in and of it, you know, fear can become a crippling thing in our life, right? It can become a crippling thing in our life. Now, now there, there's good kind of fear, right? There was the fear that I had of, you know, the guy that was bigger than me in eighth grade. And so I decided not to pick a fight with him. That was a good kind of fear that I had, right? There's a respect that we need to have for God and fearing God. But there's a kind of fear that cripples us. There's a kind of fear that begins to overtake our mind and cloud our thinking. And, and, and this passage, I believe, is talking about having courage, having boldness. In fact, it's what the authorities noticed about Peter and John. Okay, so they came, they saw the crowds, they saw the lame man jumping and dancing. They're like, what's going on? They bring these guys in, right? They put them in jail, they bring them in the morning, get them separated from all of their support, separated from the crowds. They take them inside and, and they speak to them, probably hoping to intimidate them, to pressure them, to exert their power over them because there was more of them and they had, they had nicer robes on, they had more money and they had more position and more authority. But Peter and John spoke boldly so that those officials, what they noticed, if you read the scripture, they noticed the courage with which they had. The courage. And their first thought was, where does that courage come from? These are unschooled people. These are ordinary people. They don't have any education. They are unremarkable people. And yet they spoke with a courage that we have not seen. Hallelujah. Is there, is there someone in here today? who feels like you're just an unremarkable average person. Well, the good news is that the power of God is for you as well. And then here's the thing. So they, they, they thought to themselves, they're unschooled, they're untrained, they're uneducated, they're unremarkable, but they took note of what? They took note that these men had been with Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're afraid, Spend some time with Jesus. Spend some time with Jesus. Because the more time that you spend with Jesus, the more boldness and courage you will have for whatever God has called you to do. They noticed their courage. And they noticed that these men had been with Jesus. Now when they got together and they prayed, they prayed, God, give us the power, give us the ability to speak the word of God boldly. Give us that courage to proclaim that even if they throw us in jail, even if they try to intimidate us, even if they try to stop what you started, we will have the courage in our heart. And don't be afraid. God has started something in each and every one of you. You wouldn't be here today if he didn't. In fact, if he hasn't started anything, guess what? Today's your first day. God brought you here because he's starting something in your life right now. God will be faithful to complete it. But you're going to need courage 
to complete what God has for you. You're going to need faith stronger than you've had before. You're going to need power. Oh, yes, you're going to need power. But it needs to be the power of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to need healing. Oh, yes, you're going to need healing. And the Holy Spirit does provide healing of body, soul, and mind. In fact, this is the only place we can get it, friends. And often it comes when we pray together. You know, I don't know why that is. I, 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 we have to come together to experience this kind of Pentecostal power that I'm talking about. This is the place for healing. This is the place for forgiveness. That's why we're here, friends. That's why this is so important. This is not a gym, although gyms are important. This is not a social club, although social clubs are important. This is not a therapy session, although therapy is very important. But what we have here is what nobody else has. We have the power and the presence of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit. And why, oh why, friends, would we neglect coming together? That's why the Bible says don't give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But we need to come together all the more to encourage one another because of the days and times that we live in. Oh, friends, if we knew that every Sunday could be a Pentecost Sunday, if we knew that every time we gathered and prayed together. And by the way, these songs we sing, they're prayers. Don't separate those things. Those songs are prayers. So when we're singing, we're praying. Amen? Your prayers can be with, with music or without music. Your prayers can be spoken or they can be sung. But they're words and hearts and minds lifted up to God. And then we got to leave space for God to speak to us, to speak his word to us. And that's what I want to do this morning is I want to get out of the way right now and create a space where God can speak to you this morning, where God's spirit can fall. Because I believe that this is a Pentecost Sunday, not to celebrate what happened, but to celebrate and experience what is happening and what's going to happen. So I'm gonna ask you to just open yourselves up to the Lord this morning. I'm gonna invite you, we're gonna have prayer ministers in the front to anoint you. There's anointing oil on the front ministers because sometimes you just need to pray with somebody. Sometimes like the scripture says, Peter and John, they were doing just fine on their own. They were, in fact, they were doing better than fine. They were operating in some kind of power, healing people, speaking to the authorities. But what they needed was they needed to come together with their brothers and sisters because they needed that fellowship. They needed someone to hold their hand and pray with them, someone to agree with what was going on in their life, someone to say, yes, we together. And together the Lord bestows his blessing. Together the Lord bestows his power. Together the Lord bestows his anointing. And so I want to invite us this morning. I'm going to invite us this morning to experience the power and the presence of God. That God would light a fire in our hearts again. Would you join me in prayer? Oh, Lord God, this morning we plead, God. Lord, we plead and we beg for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God. Lord God, we even are bold today to say, God, send your Holy Spirit. Stretch out your hand to heal this morning. Oh, hallelujah. If you need healing this morning, don't wait. Don't wait. I know there's people that want healing. Come right now. Come right now and just get up and come and pray because you don't want to miss your opportunity for healing this morning. God, would you heal in this place this morning, God? Lord God, would you forgive? Lord God, would you assure your sons and daughters that there is forgiveness in Jesus' name this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we worship you in this place. Holy Spirit, you are wind and fire in this place. Holy Spirit, you are the very presence of God in this place. 
Holy Spirit, you will come upon us as you always do to fill us again, to anoint us again, to give us power again, God, because we know that in this life, Lord, we need to keep up getting up again and again, God. Hallelujah, Lord. I pray that you would release proclamation in this place, God. Even now, Lord, I pray that you would release proclamation for someone this morning, that you would release a word. If the Lord has put a word on your heart to share with someone, do it. If you are seeking a word from God, then ask God to speak to you, and God will speak this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is powerfully present in this place. We believe it. We believe it. We believe it. Some of you, if you want to get into this this morning, just follow the same pattern. Just think about the power of God. Think about the creation of God this morning. Think about the authority of God this morning. That King Jesus is Lord over heaven and earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Surrender to him this morning.
Take our healing to the 